This is the Daily Wrestling News for February 4th, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by the senior NXT correspondent to the Essential Wrestling Podcast, John Smith. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ryan. Happy to be here as always. Absolutely. Uh, frigid up there by you, mediocre warm by down here by me. But, uh, yeah, it's supposed to get into the 40s here today, so maybe some of that uh, ice on the roads will finally start melting. Wow, that's pretty good. I think we're yeah. we're, we're dipping down to like 60 today. I think so. We're oh yeah. Uh, we have a full agenda powered by the Eastern Observer today. Uh, we have the ridiculously random non wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day, which we'll get to in just a second. We have NXT and AEW. Uh, to look to think about that from last night and talk about. We have a couple of news items, and of course, as always, we have trivia, and it'll be interesting to see just where uh, John Smith finishes the week. He has the opportunity to to leave the week in the lead. So, John, if you're ready, I'm going to ring the bell and we'll get started. Get it on. Today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em, a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And John, your question today is what is the last business where you picked up a business card? Uh... You know, now that I think about it, recently I was at a real estate office and I took one of their cards because we're in the process of selling my house. But, um, you know, it, I, I don't even know where that, that card is, to be honest with you, because I know where they are and I have their phone number. So I think I just took it as a courtesy. But I'm not much of a business card guy because I don't carry a wallet. I carry a money clip. So <laughs> I, get a, I get a business card that ends up in my center console in the car and ultimately underneath the, underneath the seat or something. Gotcha. Makes sense. I have one sitting right here. I was at Ignite Wrestling uh, last month, and they had uh, some vendors set up, and this was one of the vendors, Wrestling Warehouse, Wrestling Warehouse down here in Florida. Um, and we have people chiming in already to talk about their excitement over last night. Excited to see Kenta. Excited to see Edge on our television screens last night. So, John. We've got to review both shows, as I do every week. Which show do you think was the better show last night? Uh, at risk of sounding like a homer, I got to go with NXT, even though they, you know, it was Beach Blast or Beach Break or whatever you you call it on AEW, where it was a scheduled show, you know, big show. I just think that beginning to end NXT was just, you know, I. I didn't have to fast forward anything. <laughs> a lot of people, uh, you know, so I put the question out last night and I didn't get a, I didn't get a whole ton of responses, but I asked around to kind of see what people were thinking. And um, most people said they liked both shows, but, um, and then they kind of were leaning. They, they always mentioned the Kenta thing and they always mentioned the wedding thing being similar to the Lashley Lana wedding. I guess people were, I guess seeing Miro in the ring kind of made them think back to the Lashley and Lana. So we'll start with NXT. Um, and the show kicked off 
with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai getting a win over Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Jersey's out of the tournament um, with the choke bomb. Uh, and But I, what, though, the point I want to make from this match is that Casey and Caden took the whole match. They, they did everything right up until the end when then Raquel grabbed uh, grabbed Casey and gave her that choke bomb. Yeah, but I wrote here, Dakota looks dumb and weak after this match because like, she didn't do much. She she kept getting uh, outsmarted. Like She would try to sweep the legs from under one of them on the side of the rope. They would jump over and kick her in the face. You know, like yeah. Dakota just looked like a moron, and then, and then Gonzalez came in and cleaned up and manhandled Casey with that um with that choke slam power bomb thing she does which we still do we have a name for that yet I don't well, know I named it the choke bomb until I get a choke better <laughs> until I get until I get some sort of affirmation I'll call it we'll call it that um the other thing is Kitten Carter you know I think the last match in the in the Dusty Cup we noticed a lot of Casey Catanzaro you know she had that big finisher which she hit in here too um and then also Casey she climbed the Climbed the post and did a, a crossbody off of that. But Caden Carter in the beginning, you know, with her kicks and you know and things like that and speed, she was you know outpacing Raquel Gonzalez and, and got some takedowns and knockouts with her. So um, I thought Caden looked really good in this, and it was a, really a showcase for the two of them with Raquel getting that choke bomb at the end. So. Yeah, the two of them are like they remind me most of any of the women as as. Um luchadors you know like they do very lucha style wrestling more so than anybody i mean all the all the women are relatively small but these girls are even smaller than that and they can flip their bodies around and do all sorts of crazy stuff like ray phoenix and whatnot sure yep um we move on to the night we have austin theory getting a win over leon ruff uh leon ruff doing a little uh you know eddie guerrero style trickery during the during the match to get Johnny Gargano ejected um, at the end of the match, you know, theory gets the win and it looks like he's going to take some liberties. He brings a ring bell in. Um, but again, Dexter Loomis shows up and he doesn't do anything, but he makes his presence now. You know? Well, he did rip out a, uh, a chunk oh, of right. Austin theory's hair, yep. which is weird, but you know, I'll, I'll go with it as long as he doesn't keep doing it to everyone. And then, and <laughs> And then he smelled it, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if he starts, if that becomes his thing, where the next guy he goes after, he rips out a chunk of their hair, then I might be off the Loomis bandwagon. But for a one-time thing, I'm on board. Um, I, I'm not sure you were watching AEW at the time, but um, a little more than a year ago, uh, Awesome Kong was in AEW, and that was her thing. She was clipping hair <laughs> off of all of her opponents, and then she had it like around her waist. Um, she would have these trophies. So maybe Dexter Loomis and Awesome Kong are a future uh, faction in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a little backstory on Tian Sha, which is apparently the person who is kind of overseeing uh, Zia Li and Boa's um, training. So uh, what I what I gather from it is that um, – there's like an ancient story and Shah had restored honor to her family by removing her corrupt brother who was in power. But unfortunately she had to sell her soul to a dragon. And in the process, she became the things that she was trying to fight. And ever since people have feared the name Tian Shah. So it was interesting. It was like a, um, it was like a, a illustrated skit that was like right before, uh, right as they came back from commercial 
and it kind of reminded me as from like the the Deathly Hollows story in in Harry Potter. Um, did you did you catch it, or were you flipping back and forth and didn't recognize it as an NXT thing? That's I guess you saw it on my face because I had no idea what you're talking about right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. I mean, as I was flipping back and forth, I was fast forwarding through what I thought were commercials. Yep. So I must not have thought that that was, you know, part of the show. So I'm, apologies to the NXT universe right now. I did not see that part. Well, you know, I almost made the same mistake. I, I wasn't, I was not flipping channels, but I was watching NXT between 10 and midnight or whatever. And I was fast forwarding and I saw it. I fast forward right through it. And then as soon as I hit play, there was some reference made to it. So then I had to back up and watch it. But if people, if people, if people watched NXT, they might be getting this as news because of that, because it was uh, it was not easy to catch. So interesting. We got a backstory. Apparently, that woman that sits there and instructs Boa and Zia Lee is uh, thousands of years old. So there you go. <laughs> um, and we go the way of impact. <laughs> so Legato del Fantasma, they defeated the Lucha House Party to advance in the Dusty Cup. Uh, they had that high kick Russian leg sweep finisher to get that win. Uh, so they move on. Everybody was right. Lucha House Party is out. Everybody except for me. So uh, we started to get some some uh, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day matches lined up on the show, uh, at least in a few different areas. So we know we were getting the Dusty Cup finals for both men and women at that show we're also going to be getting pete dunn versus finn balor for the nxt uh championship and they kind of made that official during the show but that's the exact point where edge came out edge apparently says you know nxt nxt they focus on the w in wwe the second w wrestling main roster focuses on entertainment nxt is intriguing i've never held the nxt championship so I might pick you guys. Um, I think we said, John, we don't think he will, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a nice promo. I think it's the exact same promo he would have cut if he was going there, which is why it's so intriguing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we can always hold out hope for him versus Balor or possibly him versus Karrion Cross. But, yeah, you know, I think he's on a crash course with Roman Reigns. I think so, too. Although it, it was really interesting, you you just alluded to it later in the show as Edge is leading the, leaving the building. Karrion Cross walks up to him and says, "You know, don't worry about Dunn. Don't worry about Balor because by the time WrestleMania comes around, that belt's coming back to me." And so now, you know, I when when first looking at the situation, I don't think Edge is going to NXT to challenge, and I still don't really think that. But a Balor Edge match a Dunn edge match and a carrying cross edge match all kind of sound interesting to me too. So uh, I, yeah, I it'd be nice to see him against a new opponent and not Randy Orton, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I don't think we can lose no matter who he picks. Uh, well, as long as it's not Randy Orton with the championship. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, another match for vengeance day. We got uh, announced Elise Ashton informed Johnny Gargano that he will be facing Kushida at uh, takeover. We'll say that name. You can't say that name. Which name did I say wrong? <laughs> oh, Kushida. Yeah, the K word. You said the K word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gargano went to Regal's office to try to sort things out, and he ran into Kushida. They got in a big fight. But that's our North American Championship match to, to the surprise of no one, right? We all saw that one coming. So 
and we're excited for it. Um, also on Takeover Vengeance, it was announced, you know, sometime in the last week, they announced that it was going to be Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez uh, challenging Io Shirai for the women's championship in a triple threat match. Uh, Tony Storm got a win over Jesse Kamea via disqualification. Uh, Mercedes, Mar Mercedes Martinez did a run in. And I had to go to WWE.com to figure out what the actual outcome was, but she was, in fact, uh, Tony did get the win via disqualification because Mercedes hit Jesse, I guess, first. Is so. that how it went? I don't even remember who she hit first, but I mean, I guess the, the outcome doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, I just like, I like EO's like nonchalantness about coming out there. She just waltzed out, she sat on the top rope, watched them beat each other up. And then when they were set up for for her to hit him, she went. She just climbed up top and did a moonsault onto them and walked away. Yes, yeah, that's kind of a statement, right? <laughs> moonsault from top rope to floor, and I'm out. <laughs> exactly. Um, going back to the fin, the the uh, carrying cross situation, Gary brings up that Randy Orton carrying cross had an interesting exchange on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, they did. Um, so I'm sure that's a future program. Um, not sure when, but I'm sure that's something we'll see, uh, you know, before the end of time. I don't want Vince to get his hands on Cross just yet. Yeah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> let's let that. Let's let that. Uh, let's let that simmer for a while. But I don't think it's. They'll end, end up like dancing like the Funkasaurus or something in five months. <laughs> I really don't think it's going to be too long though, because um, the the work that they put into that presentation, um, mm -hmm. I, I, that's got main roster written all over it. So. But we'll see. Um, Santos Escobar got his win over Kurt Stallion, clean pin. Um, but that really wasn't the story. The story was that Scarlett watched the match from the perch. And after the match, Karrion Cross came out, and he took out Mendoza. He took out Wild. He got in the ring. He got in Escobar's face and said, essentially said TikTok. But he said he's giving him the gift of time, which just means you get to think about it for, for longer. So. We're getting that cross and Escobar match at some point, I, I guess. I could not love this more. I mean, I, I picked Santos to lose the belt, but only because of a cross interference. I like that he kept it. Um, just the the whole cross and Santos thing is going to be awesome. Cross is going to destroy him, but we'll see some. We'll see a good match, and I think it's going to be at the pay per view on on Valentine's Day. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah, I, I, I did you say Valentine's Day or Vengeance Day? I, I missed that. <laughs> so uh so so yes and the, the other interesting thing the thing i liked the, from character work from uh from santos escobar is when carrying cross came down escobar stood his ground and it wasn't until carrying cross kind of said basically said you're dismissed before escobar left you know so he did kind of get and it you know, ins insulted there at the end, and he kind of left with his tail between his legs a little bit. But he stood his ground and didn't back down from from Cross at all. So that was yeah. that was good. That made me love it even more. I mean, I would have I would have accepted it if he just like dropped down to his ass and rolled out of the ring the second that Cross came in. You know, right. And then uh, in the main event, Champa and Thatcher got a win over the Undisputed Era, and they are going to advance in the Dusty Cup. And I want to ask you, John, at this point, are you changing your pick? Are you still going with grizzled young veterans? Or do you think now all of a sudden uh, Thatcher and Champa have a chance? Uh, they have more of a chance than they did before the show in my mind. But I, 
I don't see how like they they came out and they just destroyed the undisputed era. There was some good chain wrestling just to show us what both teams could do, but when it came down to it, Thatcher and Ciampa were just dominant the whole time, and it all ended up to be an undisputed era win because usually that's how it goes. Like the loser ends up get with most of the offense, and the then the winner comes back and wins, but they just didn't come back and win. So I, they look so strong now that I could see them beating the grizzled young veterans, but I, I'm going to stick with my guys. And and laying that out, so grizzled young veterans get the win in the, the semifinals next week or whatever. Is it because Thatcher and Ciampa implode? Because the, we they look to be really on the same page, and I think they'd be a great tag team kind of going forward. And maybe the Dusty Cup can is a way to make new tag teams like they did with Riddle and Dunn last year. Um, but – Maybe they implode. Maybe they don't. I think either way we win because I think more tag teams, tag team matches with them is good, or more singles matches between them is also good. So, yeah, I mean the the implosion. If it was going to happen so soon, it should have happened this week. Why do it next week? But then how else do you have them lose? Maybe just the grizzled young veterans are that good. Maybe shoes off, Gary says. <laughs> <laughs> I always have my shoes off when we're on the show because I love the grizzled young veterans that much. There you go. Um, so same question on the other side of the bracket. We're down to three teams. You got Dakota, Raquel, Shotzi Ember, Candice Indy. You have been saying Shotzi and Ember, I think, the whole time. So is that where your where your head's still at? Yeah, I think it's it's more of a it's they're getting it because the, it's kind of like a thanks for. For Ember, it's like thanks for jobbing, thanks for coming back to the to the NXT roster as like a demotion. She hasn't done anything but lose. She she might have won one match or two since she came back, and then Shotzi's you know the the chosen one right now, but she they they don't have the ability to give her the world title yet because they're not going to go face to face with her and EO, and EO hasn't shown a reason for them to take it off of her so. This is like the perfect thing to give them as like a consolation prize because they're not going to be able to get any belts anytime soon. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this Women's Dusty Cup is I would imagine that the winner is going to get a title shot, right? That only makes sense. So wouldn't it kind of make sense in this situation? Uh, you've called that you think Shotzi is a call-up pretty soon. And if you if you go through that line of thinking, okay, Shotzi will get called up soon. Maybe it makes sense to have her have a, a match against some main main roster people beforehand, so they can kind of test, you know test the waters a little bit. So maybe that's part of the the planning with this thing. Um, kind of a, a genius developmental plan, I, I think, if that's the way it turns out. But it may not be turning out that way, so who knows? Um, they were the only two, they were the only two that are in the tournament that were in the Royal Rumble that are still left in the tournament. Yep, there you go. There you go. All right, anything else on the NXT side before we switch over to AEW? I'm wrong. Dakota Kai was in the Royal Rumble, too. <laughs> now that I think about it. But no, other than that, no, we're good. All right, so on the AEW side of the fence, um, I don't think we should bury the lead. we got to start at the end. Kenta appeared on Dynamite. And if you don't know who Kenta is, he's formerly known as Hideo Itami. In, uh, in NXT and in 205 Live and whatnot. Uh, he left WWE probably two years ago now. Uh, he resurfaced in New Japan as a member of the Bullet Club, and he has been 
gunning for the IWGP United States Championship, currently held by John Moxley for a, like almost a year now. He won the uh, New Japan Cup USA tournament and has been carrying around a briefcase like The Miz for the last year, defending the briefcase uh, while Moxley was champion in AEW and not not defending the New Japan title. So that sets the stage. We finally have a showdown between Kenta and John Moxley last week on the New Japan show. And the match is set for later this month. I believe it's the 26th. And Kenta's getting all up in John Moxley's face at the end of the show. So Yeah, I did not see that coming because I don't really follow New Japan. And um, you know, when I saw him, well, I've heard Kenta, Kenta, Kenta. I didn't know that it was Hideo Itami because when he pulled that mask off, I was like, that's a day with Tommy. And now it all makes sense. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that match when it eventually happens over in Japan. Yeah. And some other things about Kenta, you know, the big story with him is that he was heavily restricted from using his style when he was in WWE. So he kind of always fell flat just because that he, he did not work a style that was, um, that worked within their format. And so he also uses the, used the same finisher. He invented the finisher that CM Punk used. So they also didn't let him use that. So now he's kind of like free, I guess, of all that. And that's kind of what his message has been. And yeah, that's the, that's the match that's kept coming. And after dynamite went off the air, Kenny Omega proposed that next week there be a lights out match Omega and Kenta versus Archer and Moxley. Um, I don't think I have a problem with that. <laughs> what is a lights out match? They just turn the lights out in the arena? So lights out, that's a good question. So a lights out match is typically the same thing as like a non-sanctioned match. But what happens is you have a show and the idea is that you do the whole show and then you turn the lights out. And when you turn the lights back on, this is like a non-sanctioned match that's happening and it's supposed to be signify like here's the end of the proper show. Here's the bonus thing that we're not really sanctioning. And you know, that's, that's the story behind that. Yeah, Moxley had one or uh, Omega had one of those with Janela um, probably two years ago. Um, okay. So that's how the show ended. Um, and that was kind of the angle at the end of the show. Well, now let's go back to the beginning the tag team battle royal kicked off the show. Um, big deal made about the Young Bucks winning, picking their opponents. That's not the way it went down. MJF and Chris Jericho got the W here. They're going to be facing the Young Bucks at Revolution. Uh, the, the key note is that Jericho eliminated Sammy Guevara. It looks to be unintentional, um, but Sammy says, oh, it's always a mistake. They got in a big fight. Sammy walked off. Um, so Jericho went after him. Jericho went after him, but then MJF had Wardlow shut the door so that he could talk to the rest of the inner circle. Um, things are not good. I can't tell if it's going to be, you know, how things are going to go go down. But um, certainly, Sammy Guevara appears to be leaving the group shortly. Yeah, um, the Bucks were gone pretty early in this match too, which I was surprised about. I, I figured if they were going to lose, they would be one of the last ones. But the Good Brothers did come out and and cause them to be eliminated, which was interesting um i just i don't know why the same people always have to win in <laughs> AEW. Yeah. it's like they they always they say that they're like not wwe but then all these only wwe guys basically win stuff anymore in AEW for the most part and like the elite 
Yeah. And it's it's getting frustrating to people that, that want to see new people. Like they say, oh, we're the land of opportunity. We got all the new guys and the guys that never got chances. And then there here's Sting. Here's Jericho winning the Battle Royal, you know. Who what team would you what would be the preferred team in that match that you would have liked to see? Well, just the way that it was booked, I would have liked to have seen the Bucks win so they could challenge the Good Brothers because it was seemed that that's the way they were going. Otherwise, I would have I would have preferred to see any team win it just to give somebody a chance to have a nice fifteen minute tag team title match. You know, you know, I think that um, you know, going down that line of thinking, I I might have preferred to see Sammy and Hager win with a Sammy elimination of Jericho to kind of you could do the same story, but you, you reverse it and you put that other team in there. Um, of course, we don't know what the planning is. I mean, they, they do plans like a million years out, so so who knows what will happen. But I think that would have been a, an interesting way to kind of pay off what you're saying there. Because certainly they can put Jericho and MJF in a match on that revolution, no problem. So. Yeah. Uh, Britt Baker got a win over Thunder Rosa um, by knockout. Reba pulled off the turnbuckle. Reba Rebel. You use the name whatever name you prefer, but uh, she pulled off the turnbuckle. Britt Baker slammed her face, slammed Thunder Rosa face into it. And then she put on the submission, but um, it wasn't really necessary. The referee called for the bell. Um, that's all well and good. We were talking about on the essential wrestling podcast. If the winner or the loser would go into the tournament, turns out they're both going into the tournament. So John, I think you're right. Eventually they're going to see each other again there because that storyline is not over. Yeah, it was a fun match, though. I think they work really well together. Yes. Yep. One of the, a very good uh, match on the card. So then Adam Page and Matt Hardy, they got a win over Chaos Project. No surprise there. Storyline, though, Hangman Page hits the buckshot. Matt Hardy tagged himself in to take the pin. But um, all good there. That storyline is clearly going to lead to to more business down the road. And then we had the wedding. The, the much anticipated Kip Sabian and, and Penelope Ford wedding. Um, Chuck Taylor's there in his uh, butler suit and Miro's there. It's his wedding. It's his wedding. He said multiple, <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> um, they say the I do's, um, which were, you know, the sinister minister, James Mitchell was, was the person proceeding, officiating the wedding. And he married them. Um, you know, he was, Unholy matrimony was the words he used. So he he wasn't breaking character, but they had a wedding. They got the I got all the way through. They got the kiss, um, and then Mira wants to know about the great big huge present that Chuck gave. Well, I guess inside that big huge box was a set of handcuffs because Chuck went over and took the handcuffs out. Um, he he cuffed Miro to the ring post. Orange Cassidy came out of the cake. They beat up Kip Sabian. Penelope got her face got her face smashed into the cake. Which didn't look that uh, devastating, to be honest. But but uh, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor win the night. Penelope and Kip walk off, and uh, they got married. But you know they didn't really celebrate. So that's that. Yeah, watching Miro beat that box up was really fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will crush the empty box. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Call him Nero. It's just he's always going to be Rusev to me for some reason. Yeah, yeah. On my website, he's still Rusev. You know, if, you, if you're if anybody tries to look him up. Um, FTR abducted Marco Stunt. I guess that's their the new thing they're doing. They're 
They got suspended from AEW for clipping the horns off a dinosaur. Totally legal action. We all know that. You can't go clipping horns off dinosaurs. That's illegal. Um, they got a suspension for that. Kidnapping, I believe, is, is, as bad as it is to clip horns off a dinosaur, I think kidnapping is a more serious charge. So they might be uh, they might be in bigger trouble here. <laughs> so um, Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston, they had a really good lumberjack match where the lumberjacks were much more part of the match than what I think you normally see. A lot of times you see the lumberjacks end up fighting each other or they might throw, throw people in, but these lumberjacks got involved quite a bit and got into fights and stuff. So um, I liked that match a lot. Archer eventually got the win with the blackout, um, but the bunny is pretty close to getting the blackout as well. So, Yeah, usually lumberjacks, lumberjack matches are a cluster bleep, and you, you, it's just – the faces on one side, the heels on the other, which is kind of how it was this time. But it was almost like they 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 planned more and they they knew what they were going to do. Whereas what we're typically used to seeing is like, okay, I'm going to get thrown out. You guys just do stuff to me, and it just so these guys just like waiting their turn. And okay, let me get a foot in there. But this this was really well scripted and planned out, which yeah. you don't normally have a wrestling match, but for something like this, you need it. And uh, and Jake Roberts, he went and he tackled. He, I guess he tackled Jack Evans. I don't think that's what the intention was, but he fell down in the process. So, <laughs> um, good six man match to finish the show. Omega Gallows Anderson. They beat Pac Moxley and Phoenix after the Good Brothers hit a magic killer over Phoenix. That was we all called the Phoenix was taking the pin here, but um, yeah. So and then we had that Kenta angle at the end. So. Yeah, Phoenix stole the show in that match, though. He, did. he yeah. impresses me more and more every time I see him, man. I, I think I might like him more than Penta at this point. <laughs> I don't know what it is. If it's uh, I don't know if it's like body control or whatever, but just watching him move is is really entertaining. You know the way he, you know he slings out of the ring and then slings back and then does that that roundhouse reverse roundhouse kick thing and a different way. Just like his his body control and his movements is fun to watch. So. Yeah, where he could just like jump and touch the second rope and bounce off of it to the opposite corner, and yep. yeah, unbelievable. It's like it's, Grand Metalik can do stuff like that, but not on the same level. Yeah, they're different. Although I would like to see the match between them. So <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> um, we had tons of stuff between the two shows announced for next week. Um, I'll start on the NXT side. The return. We're going to the moon next week. Cameron Grimes is back. Uh, Dusty Cup action continues. We have Legado del Fantasma versus MSK, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, and the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Ciampa and Thatcher. All that's next week. Um, of course, that leads into the Vengeance Day where we have the finals of those Dusty Cup matches. And then on the AEW side of the house, we have a TNT title match. Darby Allen will be defending against Joey Janela. Uh, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi versus Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson. And that's a very weird match. Um, but there is some build up for it on Dark. So if people aren't watching Dark, um, Peter Avalon is basically having a beauty pageant and Lee Johnson beat him in it. So there you go. Um, Chris Jericho and MJF will be facing off against the acclaimed. And then, as I mentioned, after Dynamite went off the air, they proposed the Lights Out match. And Al Carl wanted me to say to the moon for Cameron. <laughs> well, I was thinking 
what will be fun is instead of just seeing him in action and destroying somebody, I'd like to see him have his own show, like a Miz TV, yes. like one of the like a Piper's Pit type thing. I would love to see that. And I'm also thinking they got to do something Grime with time, right? That's what it's called, Grime Time. Grime Time, yeah. But then they also got to do something with him and Ember Moon. Oh, because of two, the two the moon thing, I, I, they got to work something out at some point in the future where he's got a crush on Ember Moon. Ember Moon. <laughs> it starts with him just saying, "I am going to the moon," and he walks up to a door that actually has her name on it. That's yeah. how the thing starts. <laughs> um, okay, so last week they had built up this whole revolution match between Shaq and Jade, Cody and, and Red Velvet. It must be that Shaq doesn't work Sundays because uh, that match is now going to be on Wednesday, March 3rd. So on a, yeah, it's kind of odd. It's yeah. kind of odd for them to do something like that. But you'd think that that's something that could get them pay-per-view buys. I, I'm guessing it is a Shaq scheduling thing and not a and, and nothing else. I think they got to take him when they can get him type of thing. So yeah. So, but yeah, you would think now the other, the other good news is it gets a lot of eyeballs on that show and that's the go home show for the pay-per-view. So maybe that's part of the strategy. Uh, in any case, I think it's going to help them to have Shaq on the program, even though that guy cannot cut a good heel promo as we, as we saw on, uh, on whatever show he, he attempted it on. Yeah. You could, you could see him holding back the smile. Yeah. Yeah. They should have just made him the face. They should have turned Cody heel for a pro the program. Yeah, I mean, I know, he's a heel. I know he's a heel in your in your opinion, anyways. So. No, he's a heel in on Earth. In <laughs> AEW, he's a face. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so the current Revolution card that we know, we have Darby and Sting versus Team Taz in a street fight. We have Jericho and MJF versus the Young Bucks. And then we also, we don't know times, so we don't know dates, we don't know any of that stuff, but we do have the fields for the women's tournament. We are, have a Japan side, we have a United States side. On the United States side, we have Serena Deeb, Riho, Britt Baker, Tay Conti, Thunder Rose, Another Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. We don't know how those brackets are going to line up, um, but interesting stuff. We talked about, you know, potential for another Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa match. Anna Jay, Tay Conti in there, who knows, you know, maybe we end up seeing that match. Um, so different things like that on the Japan side, we got, we have some familiar names and some new names, uh, uh in terms of AEW, Aja Kong, Yuka Zakazaki, uh, and I believe Ryo Mizunami were all on AEW in the past, but we also have Veni, Mei Suruga, and Rin Katakura and Maki Ito. So those are the names for the tournament. Again, we don't have brackets yet, but we know those Japan matches are happening in Japan and the U S matches are happening in the United States. So that's a really interesting format. It'll be really, really cool to see how they produce it. I'm going to need you to repeat all those names again for me, please. The, just the United States ones, right? You, <laughs> <laughs> I had to practice them, you know? <laughs> all right. I only have a few news items, so I will, I will forego my bumper today, but, According to F4W Online, Lars Sullivan actually no-showed a television day, which was probably according to the beginning of the end. Um, but Sullivan also spoke to Fightful Select, and he talked about having crippling anxiety issues to the point of not eating or drinking on TV days. And he admitted that he was his own worst enemy. So I think all these types of things are what kind of led to his release. And he's probably done in wrestling. 
maybe he'll do some independent stuff, but he's not, I don't think we'll see him again at the national stage. Um, on the ring of honor side, Jay lethal signed a new contract with ring of honor. I mentioned on a previous show that I feel like they've re-signed all their talent in the last four months. And it seems like a huge risk to their company. Um, but you know, that they can be them. Um, that's how all elite wrestling started. All those contracts expiring at the same time. So, um, and then the never open weight six tagged six man tag team champion match that we talked about on the show with Travis on Tuesday, that's set for February 11th. Uh, it'll be tomorrow. Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defending the championships against Jay White, Tom Tonga and Tonga Loa again, February 11th for that. John news is out of the way. And it's time for trivia. I told you before we went on the air that it is Elimination Chamber. It's an Elimination Chamber 2020, so it's not that far in the back. Maybe you can uh -oh. uh, maybe you can get W here. And by the way, you could, if you do well, leave the week on top. I've so. never had a lead. I've never had a lead in this uh, little in these standings before, so I'm hoping I can make it happen. All right, let's see if you can do it. All right, so you get five questions. A simple majority correct will get you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. If you lose, you go with the, the way of John DeConi yesterday, and you get the Hawkins Award. So Elimination Chamber 2020. The Undertaker made his final appearance in front of a crowd as an active competitor. He did a run-in during the AJ Styles match. The interference from the Undertaker caused AJ to lose the match. Who did he lose to? Was it A, Alistair Black, B, Kevin Owens, C, Ricochet, or D, Elias? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with Kevin Owens. Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Not somebody I remember them Sorry, say that again. I don't remember them ever having a match. They had a couple of matches, actually. Um, the The program I remember was Alistair Black on a Raw. He was trying to he was going to have a match with AJ Styles, but AJ made him fight Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson first, which he beat both of them, and then AJ beat him, and that was like the first loss Black had of the year. I was I was at that Raw. That was the okay. same Raw that the uh, Street Profits won the world, won the tag team championships. This is the return match because this is only like a week later than that. Um, I don't have a Street Profits question on here, but the Street Profits beat Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy at the Raw you were at, and then they defended the championships against them at this Elimination Chamber, which I was at. So mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah. Uh, the men's Elimination Chamber was a tag team Elimination Chamber match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The question is, who won? Was it A, The New Day, B, Heavy Machinery, C, Miz and Morrison, D, Ziggler and Rude, or E, The Usos? All those teams were in it. The question is, who won? The New Day. It was Miz and Morrison. Um, the memorable spot from this match was Grand Metalik actually uh, building him, climbing up to the top, and then like doing a moonsault swinging from the top of the cage. Okay, over two. Things are not looking good. It looks like you, you know, you got to go straight here on the last three. So let's see how you do. Daniel Bryan won the opening contest by submission. 
Who was his opponent? Your choices are Heath Slater, Drew Gulak, Elias, or Apollo Crews. Drew Gulak. It was Drew Gulak. Okay, one for three. You're back on track. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Who left Elimination Chamber as the Intercontinental Champion? Was it A, Braun Strowman, B, Shinsuke Nakamura, C, Bobby Lashley, or D, Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn. It was Sami Zayn. It was a handicap match, three-on-one, Sami Cesaro and Nakamura versus the reigning champion, Braun Strowman. Sami ended up getting the pin, so he becomes the champion. Um, he wouldn't do a single thing in that match either. Correct. And then Sammy would go on, you know, to do his historic program. He just lost the Intercontinental Championship to Big E a little bit ago. Um, but also, Braun Strowman lost this match. And I don't think he did anything else between this match and getting put into the world title match, the universal title match against Goldberg at WrestleMania. So, hard um, subject to change. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Uh, Adam Pierce has taught, taught you well. All right, final question. You are now two for four. So you need this to get – the pressure is on. You need this one. You need this one to uh, to tie Travis and to not get the Hawkins Award. So Shayna Baszler had her winning way at the Elimination Chamber. She defeated all of her opponents. She would go on to wrestle Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Her opponents at Elimination Chamber were Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Asuka, and this woman was it A Natalia, B Naomi, C Carmella, or D Lana? Natalia. You said Natalia. Natalia, yes. Aha. Okay. Congratulations! You get the Goldberg Oscar Award today. It was Natalia. You went three for five. You have tied Travis. We're in a dead heat here in the month of February. Uh, Al Carl has a monthly championship. John DeConi has a monthly championship. And you guys have started the way, as Johnny Gargano might say. <laughs> All right, let me tell people about a few other things that are going on. Uh, join the godfather of pro wrestling, Tony Capone, and the voice of the people, Tony T, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Nawaz Wrestling Connection. It'll be live on Blive Talk Radio. Listen to the Nawa Wrestling Connection to find out everything that is taking place in the world of the North American Wrestling Alliance. And join the two Tonys as they sit down with a special guest each and every week. You can listen to the show by liking the Nawa Wrestling Connection on Facebook and by following Tony Capone, Tony T, and the Nawa on Twitter. Okay, that's that one. But we have other stuff that's going on. We have the Primetime Rundown. Join Joy Darzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday night, February 5th, for episode 53 of the Primetime Rundown as we take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And then episode number 40. 40 or 41? 40 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast returns on Tuesday night. Al Carl will be there, along with myself and John Smith and John DeConi and Gary Mahaffey for another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on, on Tuesday, February 9th on the Eastern Observer. Our show will return Monday, uh, and I am 
I am lining up a guest for Monday. It should we should have another guest from Coastal Championship Wrestling on the show, uh, so that will be exciting and something you won't want to miss. John, anything at all that you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Well, I was going to say I got a word word of advice for all you people out there that like rye bread. S seedless rye bread is the way to go. I bought rye bread with seeds in it, but not not because I wanted to, but because I had to. Last week and for three days straight, I was breathing out the taste of rye bread seeds, and I could not taste anything else but the aftertaste of rye bread seeds. So when you go get your rye bread, if all they have is seeded rye bread, just go get yourself some Wonder Bread and save yourself the trouble. Blasphemy. I like the caraway seeds. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, Al Carl chiming in, talking about the wrestling connection. They need the third Tony to form a music group. Well, on this week's episode, they had Tony DeVito, former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion, uh, on the show. And current, uh, current, um, excuse me, current commentator on, on North American Wrestling Alliance. Uh, so they did, in fact, have a third Tony this week. So uh, they've cleaned up at the awards, the Tony Awards, and I guess they can form a band as well. Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, that's right. And then Gary Mahaffey chiming in. We didn't even talk about the fact that NXT UK is uh, today. We do have Ginny versus or Nina Samuels versus Zaya Brookside. He's concerned about Ginny. Uh, go Zaya Brookside. NXT UK, one of the best hours of television that you can commit to each and every week. So uh, do check that out. I've been watching NXT UK lately just so my criticism of Jordan Devlin is justified. That one's for Gary right there. <laughs> and and now are you starting to uh, are you starting to convert? Are you, you know is, is are you becoming a Jordan Devlin guy? Oh no, I I like Jordan Devlin. He's just no Santos. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Well, we've talked about the globe of wrestling today. We've talked about a little bit of NXT UK. We've talked a tiny bit of New Japan. We've covered uh, even some luchadors action and of course the stuff in the United States. So I think that you get your money's worth for the daily wrestling news show. So continue to check us out uh, and we'll catch you on Monday.